Tim Reed we... window. Yeah, this is Tim Reed's we... window. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are we trying to find the worst transfer no, window? No, we're not trying to find the worst transfer window, although I've got a good idea as to what it is. But tell me more about the 15-16 Fulham transfer window, Mike. Yeah, we're back in a Tim Ream rabbit hole, but um, he signed 15-16, 1.53 million from Bolton. Seems like a good deal. Was that it, when Big Jamie O'Hara joined them? How do you even know that? Oh, you <laughs> he was a disaster for a season there. Honestly, yes, you he's joined on a free. <laughs> Tom Kearney also joined from Blackburn. That. Um, that window, 3.78 mil. Seems like a bargain. They should have sold him for like 30 yeah. mil when those that was going around. You, you know like how footballers give each other nicknames on like the training ground and stuff like that? Do you reckon anyone's ever called Tim Ream, Ream Job? <laughs> Someone's definitely <laughs> said that forever. Surely. <laughs> and our good friend Dave Richard Stearman. In, uh, oh, in that Richard Stearman. Caravan himself. Oh, and you'll all remember this if you played this guy if you played football manager Zachariah Labiad. Oh, yeah. oh legend, legend! There we go. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone will remember him. Fifteen, sixteen. Um, I'd ask you if Fulham went down, but they've always gone down. I'm not even sure if it was a prem window, if I'm honest, but it, it might have been. I enjoyed the uh, Tim Ream rabbit hole, Mike. To be honest, I think we could make it a weekly. Uh, I, that's what I was thinking. It sounds like a feature we could uh, go for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's not one I'm going to side off on, lads. I'm going to lie to you. Oh, okay. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Ryan Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will, and joining me this week, like every week, is sports media's number one, number one, Joel Linton, end-ups and Top Gun superfan. He's even wearing a Top Gun shirt. It's Mr. Mike Breslin. Hello, everyone. Yeah. What's your call sign, Mike? Oh, I've forgotten what it was. We did do it. When we were having some drinks that time. <laughs> okay. Uh, you, you Bear find, with me and I'll find it. You find it out and I'll come back to you. To his right on the computer screen, at least, is David Carmichael Harris, the Mosley Marauder. Dave, do you want to tell everyone here about your incident? It wasn't my incident. <laughs> <laughs> it may have involved my car going the wrong way down the road, but I wasn't actually at the wheel. Oh, he'd had too much to drink, ladies and gentlemen, not at the wheel. Anyway, he did drink. Oh, my. Um, and that voice you can hear, getting very hot at the women's Euros. Mr. Ross Bird, Bob Ross himself. Good evening. Good evening. Lovely goal from Beth Beth Mead again there. Beth Mead? Yeah. yeah. Look, I haven't watched a lot of the women's Euros. And the reason being is not... Oh, my God, they're 5-0 up. Oh my yeah. God. The reason being, here, not because it's the women's Euros, but because I'm still sick of football. Because Will hates women, just the fans out there. Don't, don't Norway have Europe. that player that won the Ballon d'Or? Ada Hagerberg. Does not look I th- like it. I think, she, I think she is Norwegian. Did, wasn't I think she, she is the first, yeah. the first, the winner of the first women's Ballon d'Or? But, um, that footwork, though. Who's the... <laughs> Who have you got as the if you if you got us the favourite for the women's Euros then? If if you want to talk about it. Oh, it's obviously England. Oh, it's England. Is it? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Gotta ask yourself, can Megan Rapino win another? That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think England's women have outscored Brighton at the Amex this season. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll tell you what, Sam Kerr would definitely be starting up front for them. I'll say that. <laughs> oh, dear. Sorry, Graham Potter. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You're a wizard, Graham, but you're not quite wizard enough. Um, Right, transfers. Things to talk about. Um, Let's start with the big one. Massive signing in the last week or so. Andres Pereira, 10 million to Fulham. Who wants to tell me how this, how this is going to have a transformative effect on Fulham's midfield? Mike, you know him best. Oh, yeah. No, he's... Uh, as I think Dave once said, if, well, no, he didn't, but <laughs> he reminds me of Cameron Jerome, where he just is not good enough for the Premier League, in my view. Um, although I am hearing a lot of He's not good enough for the top six. I don't know where that's come from after a fairly unsuccessful loan spell at a lower league Spanish team, I think it was, last time out. Not lower league, lowering the table of La Liga. Um, So, yeah, pretty glad to have him off the wage bill and to get 10 million. Maybe we're starting to learn how to sell players, which is what I actually asked for last week. So that's good. Well done, guys. 10 million. Yeah. Look, yeah, that's robbery. It's pretty Fulham, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Not 15, 16 Fulham quite. But... Well, they were they were out there getting steals back then. 3.7 mil. Oh, my word. This... For Tom Kearney. Yeah. Have you just seen that goal as well? Yes, I have. Mike, They've wasn't... now doubled the amount of goals uh, that Brighton scored at the I've, Amex. I thought Pereira was in Brazil last season, so I don't know oh, how he was. Wasn't he at Lazio he's... at one point? Mate, yeah, he's been so irrelevant for so long. Apart was, from in um... pre-season, that's the only time where he played. Oh, yeah, yeah, Sanogo. That he loves was... a pre-season worldie, and then that's about it. Ross, I'm gonna say it now, like every pre-season, Ross Barkley looks like Gascoigne. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Yaya Sanogo just used to hammer them in in pre-season and never hit the score. You raise a good question, which is certainly more interesting than football, Fulham's transfer business. Who's the best pre-season player you've ever seen that was soon as the season started? He was an absolute useless tank. Jack Storer, Birmingham City. Talk me through it, Dave, because I've never seen so, him play or heard of him. Well, good reason. So he was like 17 at the time, signing from like Leamington. He literally <laughs> could not stop. Yeah, he could not stop scoring in, uh, in first-team pre-season friendlies. He broke into the team. I, I was there when he made his debut against Wolves. I think you were there too, Mike. He head-butted a Wolves player and got a straight red about 15, 20 minutes into his debut. He's just a hot, hot-headed guy. He went on loan to Macclesfield for one season when they were in League 2. He didn't get past the first first preseason friendly because he start he started a fight with the Derby players, um, so he got sent back. <laughs> he now he last played for like Redditch United and got released. He's basically playing like Sunday League and he's like 22 now, 23. Yeah, pretty big fall from grace, and he looked class for one. Like I'm I'm talking like eight goals in five games for like a 17 year old and we played like some genuine okay teams and he's literally amounted to nothing so he takes takes it solidly for me <laughs> that's a good one 
That is a good one. <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was on mute there. I was howling. Because <laughs> I was not expecting Dave to be like, yeah, he's debut headbutted a Wolves player. <laughs> Mate, I was there. We did it. I yeah, I think, I think we were there. Yeah. I can remember where it. we sat as well. Probably not open now, the bit we sat in. Probably not, mate. No. Um, Ross, obviously, yeah, it's an ogre for you. Yeah. Scored a, famously scored four in an Emirates Cup game uh, for us once. Jose Mourinho counts that as a trophy. Played for us in an FA Cup final, I think. For some reason, we brought him on. We were looking for a goal, so I don't really know what happened there. Fuck it. I tell you what, some of the Wenger years really bleak. <laughs> 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 Yaya Snogo, another name that football manager DJs oh, will remember. Well, honestly, that's what he was more famous for. I remember when Arsenal yeah. signed him and everyone was going, oh my God, they picked him up. And this guy, like, Bambi would have had more coordination if you'd shot off its legs. I don't know where Snogo's playing right now. I'm guessing it's not the French well, League. He's right? a free agent. Oh, he that's got released playing. by, I think it was Huddersfield in the Championship. Oh, you were still in England? Mate, he's been a free agent correct, for an entire year, I think. I think he played no football last season. I think Huddersfield released him the season before last. I'd argue he's never played football. Uh, well, just to add to this, so it was actually his second appearance, but it was his home debut. It was after seven minutes against Courtney Hawes, and he hurt his. he got so angry... He kicked the advertising hoardings when he went off the field, and that kept him out longer than the free match ban. Who's this? That Jack Storer. He injured his foot out of anger game when he got sent off as well. <laughs> Tell me this guy's not with a club anymore. He's at Stratford Town, mate. Oh Christ. And he and also it wasn't it wasn't Lamington, it was Stevenage, but he used to play for Patchett Rangers, who are like God knows who they are, to be honest. But uh, yeah, that's a different Accrington Stanley. Yeah. <laughs> Accrington Stanley, God knows who they are. Anyway, um, Mike, your your choice. Pereira is a good one. He's the only one I can think of, so I would probably go with that. But what about um, that Chinese lad who played for uh, Dong Fangzhou? Uh, oh, I don't know if he used to bag him in in the preseason. Where is he now? Surgery is the second line on Google that comes up. So I'm going uh, I remember to... reading this. I think I read an athletic <laughs> story about him. <laughs> there it is. There it is. If you use the promo code Ross for Rouge on the athletic, <laughs> <laughs> escape constant mock. Oh, that's a tough scene. He was on a Chinese reality TV show, I think. No, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Was it Squid of him on like a Chinese love island? He's like, Do you know, oh, that's where you went. I went like, I went total wipeout. He's just like, Takashi's castle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, he was prolific at Royal Antwerp. Christ, thirty-four and seventy-one. Get him back. Weren't Royal Antwerp Every, like the best of United? Yeah, yeah. He them. said everyone there. Um, Ross Barkley for me. It's a good shout, but I've also got the the postseason tour one as well. In that I once saw a very young Loftus Cheek play in his prime Yaya Torre, who was obviously knackered after a season of football, and he absolutely dominated. I remember thinking, God, what player he's going to be, and he was. Till we went on postseason tours. Yeah, mate. The worst thing Chelsea have ever done was weeks before the European (laughs) final. They're like, we'll go play on Boston. Loftus Cheek's having his best season of his career. He tears his Achilles three weeks before a final. Oh, 
heinous, absolutely heinous. What a bit of management for that is. I mean, honestly. honestly, honestly, and quite frankly, Danny Drinkwater still couldn't get a game. <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know about him. Anyway, let's get back to Fulham because they're so interesting. Um, joking apart, does the fact that they've bought someone who, and no offence to the lad, is as useless as Andreas Pereira and just knocked it in Premier League football, but they've bought him based on the fact he's a name from like yeah. Manchester United for ten million. This feels like a very classic promoted team kind of move. This feels like the sort of move they'd have made in like oh seven eight. Am I being harsh? No. Yeah, I think you're bang on to be honest, mate. <laughs> I haven't got many nice things to say about this one, unfortunately. Say some of the bad ones, Mike. <laughs> Wait, it's just I mean Remember when they came up, what was it, four years ago now, probably? And they spent like 150 million that window and bought in a whole new team, essentially. And everyone was like, oh, this is great. Well, that clearly didn't work. So now the next time they came up, they basically bought no one. Which also didn't work. So now... Tim, I, Tim Reed's still there, though. Right, he's been through it all. He hasn't offered them much protection, but... <laughs> um, but a lot of love out of Oh, well, enjoyed it. Enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I'm lost for train of thought now. Sorry. Oh, is, is Tim Reeb out of Fulham still? Yeah, he's got to be. I reckon he's skipper there. I mean, I if he's not, he something's club... gone horribly wrong, hasn't it? I think he is club captain. Got to be. It's either him or um, Kenny is club captain. Fulham club captain Tom Kearney, who also picked up in the same window. Tim Reeves is vice captain, yeah. <laughs> See, there's a moment there where you're looking at Will move the mother. I'm too busy dying at uh, that uh, <laughs> reference. Sorry, okay. Yeah, so bit, not the greatest kind of like recruitment and not what usually keeps you up now. Um, so that's worrying for Fulham. But they're after Burnt Leno, a very good keeper. I like um, that one. He is a good yeah. keeper. Yeah. Why do we, yeah, that'd be a good sign. Who is their keeper, Dave? Is it a position of weakness? Is it one of the places? Yeah, the the goalkeeper's been weak for ages. Like they, I mean, he, they keep signing keepers, especially when they come to the prem and they just don't work out. Like, didn't they have Stecklenberg at one well, point? They had Alphonse Ariola, I think, was their player of the year last time they were up. But obviously, he's at West. Yeah, Ham. on on the whole, but they also had that. Uh, what was his name? Like Fabry. That, that, that one season they were up, they had a rotation of like three really, really bad keepers, like Bettinelli as well, and there was someone else. Oh, yeah. And now they've got Marek Those Rodak and, and Gazaniga. And Marek Rodak is not very good, to be honest. Who Gazaniga. played them last year? Surely it was Gazaniga, wasn't it? No, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. You're telling me he was a backup in the championship? Was... I'm pretty sure Rodak like, kept his... Yeah, in all comps, well, in the championship, Brodak made 33 appearances, Gazzini made 13. Yeah, so um, big news for the Chelsea, at least. They've managed to get Raheem Sterling finally over the line. I about It's about £45 million, apparently. Decent wages. About They're reporting about 300 k a week, so taking into account amortisation and all that finance nonsense, about £25 million per year on the books. That all said... This feels like a really good signing to me. What do you guys make of it? I yeah, I like this one. Good signing, yeah. Dave, talk me through it. Why? Why is it such a good signing? 
Well, I mean, Sterling, I know some people don't have the best opinion of Sterling. I'm not, not sure why. I mean, maybe it's because sometimes he doesn't seem to play well, but he still gets goals and whatever. But I think, I mean, his record's really, like, well, it's fantastic, really. And I think, obviously, the wingers you have, I mean, players like Pulisic, for example, Ziyech, you can't doubt, like, how technically gifted that guy is, but it just hasn't worked out. And Sterling's a a very proven Premier League winger who you know can can fit into the league very well. And 45 million is, you know, Sterling's what, like 26, 27 still? That's really, really good fee for a winger. Um, and, you know, he's just come off the back of, again, been, still being pretty important in that Man City team. Still got probably double figures of goals, I would imagine. So, yeah, I think he's a really smart signing. And a, it's a safe signing. You know that he's going to be good in the Prem already. I think the idea with... We'll tune back in when he has one goal and two assists from his name from 35 appearances. <laughs> well, the argument is that I guess he's become a bit of a system player with Pep, isn't it? I suppose he gets these tap-ins and things because of the way that City play. I think that's why, pe- why people criticise. I, I always thought that, but... I don't when, think that. I'm just saying that's the I, argument. I must admit, I always thought that. But two things changed my mind a little bit. One is, one was his performance at the Euros as the best player in that team. I don't care what you think about Harry Kane. He was the best player in that team. And the second thing is kind of just that when you watch City now, like doesn't matter who's out there on the wings, they're not making those runs either. Like Mara, As much as I love Mahrez, Mahrez isn't getting the easy goals at the back of the post. That's kind of why I love him. But I, I think it's sort of like it's an inherent skill that he seems to have. And it's an inherent skill that Chelsea's other wingers are lacking, really. Um, which is which is good to me. Mike, um, what did you make of this one? Because it is weird to see top six side sell to top six side. Yeah, actually, that's probably the most surprising part. It makes sense for... Chelsea and Sterling. I know Sterling wanted to leave, but it's amazing that <clears throat> City were happy to sell him to a rival for what seems like a decent price. I like it, actually. Uh, I think it's interesting that Pep's happy to let him go to, I know that it's not Liverpool, but Chelsea are essentially the third best team in the league. Um, yeah, like you say, offers Chelsea something a lot different to what they already have. It might allow them to sell ZH because that clearly hasn't worked out either. Um, Going to Milan on loan, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Which, look, I think the I think the problem for ZH is ZH is is really good. He is actually a re, he's a re, you know when you watch a player and you're like, well, you're clearly talented. He's talented, isn't he? It, yeah. It's just that I, I do think the Premier League sort of. Ex- particularly when you're playing as a wide player, I do think you have to have those physical attributes too. And I think that's where he struggles. And particularly in a system like Tuchel's where you're sort of, it's it's quite hard to play in those sort of like half 10, half winger kind of thing. And ZH is a guy who really thrives when he's got an overlapping fullback, kind of like Sancho in that matter. Um, So I just think it hasn't sadly worked out for him, but no. Um, Yeah, I don't think he's a bad player and I'm sure he'll do well at Milan. Yeah, I'm sure it's out of the league there. Um, last question on Sterling. Um, what, what do you think it says that he's willing to... I mean, all the reporting is that he didn't like at the end back in the last season where basically he was left out of 
one or two of the big games and he sort of said to him he said no I want to go somewhere and I want to be the man and he is clearly probably the man at Chelsea what do you think that sort of says about his character do you think that's quite a brave move for him I know he's getting paid a lot of money is what you could say but I don't know leaving the domestic dominance sort of tells me a bit about the character of the man I was going to say, he could sit on City's bench for a lot of the big games and win a hell of a lot of things and still pick up a heck of a wage as well. I like it. I really like it. Well, it's not like he was sitting on the bench loads, was it, for City? I mean, no, he, I, I, just, I was just having a look at his appearances. He played still a lot, but it's well, those think, big games that he's he was worried he, about, wasn't it? Isn't he the player that Pep's used the most in his career, I think? Yeah, pretty sure. the most well, selected I mean, player by Pep in his on, real career. On the stats, he's second, he's, if you just go in solely goals and assists, he's second only to Messi at the Pep. Like he's re- his record under Pep is foul, absolutely foul. And look, he's he's going to play for Chelsea, so he's not going to score those levels of numbers because no one ever puts up those levels of numbers at Chelsea anymore. But if he can put up, if he can put, if he can score twenty Premier League goals for Chelsea this season, he'll be the first person since Costa to do it. That would be a hell of a season out of him if he pulls yeah. that off. But I'd like the mindset that. I'm going to go, yeah, be the man somewhere. The and man. The, Chelsea is still a heck of a, a really good team. Yeah. I like well, it. It's not, like, yeah. he's, just yeah, it's not like he's dropped down to, I don't know, Wolves or something, which he was never going to do. But Spurs. Spurs, yeah. Well, I, I think Arsenal, yeah, would have been, it's probably the one you'd say, because that would have been a drop down for him. But yeah, yeah. fair play to him. He's a good player. be interesting to see how it works out. And it's I'll, mad as well that, he signed a five-year deal, and I thought, oh, that seems a long time. He's only 27. Yeah, he'd be 32. The only thing, the only Mad caveat it. you would say, he's been playing since he was 18. So, is it going to be the Rooney situation where he's, he's burnt out by 32? But look, quite yeah. frankly now, if you're Chelsea and you're looking at the team, you're like, well, get three good years out of him. Get three really good years out of him when he's 30, and then you're less, the back end of the contract's not pleasant, but it is what it is. I wonder if Newcastle were ever in the mix for that, for Sterling. No, that sort of money. I reckon I reckon Sterling, even if Newcastle sniffed around him, I think everything we know about Sterling, and I think we know I think we can see from Newcastle's window is they're not chasing the absolute top tier. They're chasing players like Botman, for example, who they got for thirty seven million, who's like good that. good talented young player, um that has got potential to grow with them, I think is kind of what we're seeing. Yeah, I just I just wonder if it if it might have interested them because you can go for the um, experience. It's mad that Sterling experienced at 27, but he is experienced, yes. top top level player. You get him in, you're the man for the next five years for us, and you're gonna go. We're gonna have a couple of tougher seasons in the for the next two, but then we're gonna be we're gonna keep recruiting through the next couple of years, <clears throat> and by the time you're 29. We're going to have a hell of a team round you going for the title. Mm. Could have been an interesting one. But. What do you, on the sub, pivoting to Newcastle then, on the subject of them, obviously Botman's through the door and we talked about when they um, when they bought what's his face. Oh God, who was his name? Who did they buy Bruno, in January the centre out? Bruno, oh, Dan Burn. Dan Burn. Dan yeah. Burn, yeah. We talked about when they bought Dan Burn that they've been after a cent- after centre backs for donkey's years. Even Rafa wanted centre backs. And they beat off AC Milan to get this Botman in through the door, which seems to me like a smart signing. Apparently, they're looking at Broja, 
Um, and then Anthony at, Gordon was one I saw. Yeah, looking at Gordon, looking at Paqueta, Lucas Paqueta from um, Leon, who's um, had a really good season, still young, 24. Um, what do you kind of think of that kind of strategy of you're buying expensive players who are great prospects probably a year before the the big six are going to buy them is that smart for you you, were you expecting more of a splurge than we've seen uh can they because of financial fair play how how much can they splurge i'm gonna i'm gonna say it now financial fair play is nonsense because i know it is city can city can just invent finance deals all day of the week and if City can do it you bet your ass that PIF can do it so yeah true 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 yeah I mean I like Botman I think he's a really good player they beat off competition for AC Milan it says here so that's pretty impressive obviously the wages help but I think he's going to be good Nick Pope in from Burnley for 10 mil is a a fantastic sign in there I think they're doing it a really smart way just bit by bit keep adding yeah, like you say, the younger players who can grow with the team a little bit. I mean, 10 mil for a proven Premier League goalkeeper. Pretty good. Yeah. I know the other thing is he's not great with his feet, is he? But at the end of the day, if he's keeping the ball at the back of the net. Cause, yeah. Because Dubravka seemed to fall off a bit, didn't he? He did. He's not been as good at, basically ever since I said that I thought he was good. <laughs> Their only other signing is to make Matt Target permanent, which seems to me like a smart move. I yep. think it's smart, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, he's you, good enough for where they are. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, he's not. He's not a fantastic player, but I mean, fifteen million is not awful for him, is it? He's not. Yeah, he's a decent player for Newcastle, I would say. As you say, for where they are. Yeah. And then in a couple of years you'll you'll move him on probably or he'll just be mm. the utility right and left back cover. Yeah. Yeah. But smart smart signing. I think they're doing some sensible stuff. Um, yeah. Who is in control of all that? Because they, they seem Stave. to be doing a pretty good job of it. Amanda Stave. Yeah, that's unfortunate that that's who it is. But you, you think Eddie Howe is having some. Oh, I'd be, I'd be his amazed. transfer record's horrid. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Before taking this job, but they seem to be going about it the right way, which, which is good, I guess. It is indeed. For Newcastle fans. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. They must, they must be loving this. Yeah. Um, wanted to just ask this quick question about um Clement Longley, who's apparently going to oh. Spurs on loan. Um, had a bit of a tough time in Barcelona in the last couple of years, but I think everyone's had a tough time in Barcelona in the last couple of years. Um, Spurs have had a really strong window um, to go along with a really strong January window. Um, I mean, I say a really strong window. Yes, I know about <laughs> Charleston. Say, say what you want about the money, say what you want about the players, but if, if looking at it from the solely kind of thing, they're clearly showing that they're willing to spend money now. Um they're putting together quite the team. What do we make of it? What do we think they still need? If Clement Longley is going to come in and take over the Ben Davis left centre half problem, that looks that's looking pretty strong. I'm I'm going to be honest. I don't like how good Spurs are looking. I think I think they've got the strongest squad they've had in a long, long time. I mean, I mean yeah, maybe a maybe a right back. I was thinking maybe. Uh, I mean, it's Matt. Who's their first choice out there? Matt Doherty. Is it Matt Doherty? Yeah. 
Emerson Royal, who uh, he's yeah. shocking. <laughs> oh, I love Emerson Royal. Me too. Hilarious. Atletico Madrid have made an offer to sign him on loan this season. What is Simeone doing? Simeone. This guy does not he, fit He's after Bellerin too, by the way. At all. Yeah. My favourite Simeone thing is how he continually buys creative number 10s and then doesn't play them. It's like my absolute favourite thing. <laughs> Collects them. Yeah, he's just, he's just I, like, well, I love that. Here's another, here's another rumour. Everton in talks for Winks. That is the single most Everton yeah, signing you will oh, ever yeah. see. Yeah. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. Sticking with Spurs for a second though. Um Conte's apparently left home from the tour, Winks and Dombele, um, Regulon. And I think there's another but his name escapes Regulon. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says you're done, find a new club, blah 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 blah. Um Wow. Yeah. What do you think of that? Because Regulon has always struck me as a, a tidy player not a great player but a tidy player yeah i think he's a pretty yeah i mean he's not going to set the world alight but i think he's a pretty solid left back for so who's anyway. their left back then it's not going to be session oh it's got to be big jaff session yeah, but bournemouth want jaff i know i saw that what is he doing over there constantly i just... love it conte just gonna be Ben Davis then, surely. That's the end no, of that. no, he's got he's got plans for Richarlison at left wing back. I see what he's doing. Probably only could, he could do well. what? Yeah, he might do well there. To be fair. No. Shut up, Dave. I think the other two make sense. Wings can Winks can move on. Wings. And Lo Celso, uh, sorry, is the the final one. Oh, not Regulon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no, fun. no. Regulon's going to Sevilla apparently. Yeah, man, just picking up all these good players. Yeah. Wait, so who who's he told? Lacelso, Regulon, and Dombele and Wings. Uh, Okay, so so. yeah, uh, three out of those four I understand. The Regulon one I don't. I'm not sure about that one, but Conte knows a lot more about football than I do. So yeah, true. On on a on another level, by the way, going back to Everton. What is everyone seeing in Anthony Gordon? I don't know. Looks like Claire Bolden. An absolute show. Like Claire Bolden. I've seen nothing from Anthony Gordon. Absolutely nothing. It's one of those things where a lot of stuff looks so bad at Everton and he was taking people on down the wing. But no, he wasn't beating them. No, I know. But it's just one of those things, isn't it? Like, it's Dwight McNeil Stockholm syndrome again. No, he's just different no. to the rest of the team. Dwight McNeil was way better. No, he's like, terrible. He's terrible. Yeah, but yeah, but we're talking about like if Dwight McNeil is a, is a Champions League level Gordon. player, Anthony Gordon is like a a conference level player. He is a show pony. They're the like, same player. Like, no, 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 no. Look, he's in a front three with Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin, and he's still... I, I thought Gordon was player. decent, I do. No, he was awful. Maybe it is just Everton were that bad, but I thought he was all right. I, I think he's an OK player. I don't think it's... I couldn't tell you a single thing he does well. I liked watching him more than the rest of the Everton team, that's for bloody sure. That wasn't saying like with that group, though. He's it? the Andre Gomez I mean, wingers. What does he do? No, no, he's not that bad. Where's Andrew Gomez? Andre At Gomez. Everton, he's still Andrew, there. Andrew Gomez, is his, Andrew uh, Gomez. Gomez is his accountant brother. He, whoever Andrew Gomez is probably do a better job in midfield. 
that Wikipedia is claiming he plays for the Portuguese national team. He can't possibly still I, I ran about the fantasy team yesterday, Mike. He was still listed. So He, he does still play for, for Everton. I mean, if Frank Lampard hasn't told him to find a new club, I don't know what we're doing. This is my this is my thing about like players like Lampard and Gerrard when they when they like go to manage things. Like, I can't believe that, that Gerrard was sat there watching Douglas Louise going, "Yeah, that's the man for my midfield." They almost said yeah, City. Well, he came from City. Ah, he went the other right, right. And there was a buyback clause of like fifty million, which. Might be the most aggressive thing I've ever seen. <laughs> that is pretty aggressive. Nice. Haven't you, haven't Barca put the the buyout cause for that Kessie at like five hundred million? million? Like fuck off, Barcelona. My, my favourite. Spanish league are hilarious with these release clauses. My favourite Barcelona. Well, Vinicius, this is a billion, isn't it? My favourite. My favourite <laughs> thing from from the last week when it comes to Barcelona, is Fabrizio Romano going, oh, they're looking to do a deal for Cesar Azpilicueta, but they're not looking to pay anything because Chelsea are holding out for a fee. I'm like, and the way Fabrizio, uh, the way Fabrizio f- phrased it made it sound like Chelsea were being unreasonable. I'm just like, so Barcelona have turned up and we just won that player for free. And because they've got no money, they were like, oh, we can get that. Just Mesquay and club. Like, Mesquay and club are shit, mate. They are just a sack of shit. Honestly. And, you know, the best thing is, we, and they're like, they're, all their fans are going, oh, look at all these players that we've got. Yeah, in two years, we'll be able to have them. We'll all be able to have them because they'll be flogging off your assets. <laughs> they can't God. even register. They, How good is that going to be if Barca go down and their whole... Todd Bowley. Todd Bowley, 50 million. Put it on the table. Offer 50 million to Barcelona for that Champions League that they paid the refs for. 50 million. That's what we have. Henning Gaverba. That's what I'm saying. Anyway. <sighs> what do we think of West Ham transfer business? What a segue that What have they done? Made Areola permanent. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I honestly wanted to talk about Areola because it feels to me like they've been trying to move on from Fabianski for years. And finally, they seem to have gotten a really good keeper in the door. And I'm not saying that because bad, but he is like 39 now. So, time comes. What do we make of the Areola signing? I think it's smart. He was, like, he was decent at Fulham in a, in a team that didn't have much of a defence protecting him. And when he played for West Ham last year, he was he was really good. And I, it was only like 10 million, wasn't he? Which... For a decent keeper, I mean, that's that's really good value. It says to me that maybe this is the end for Fabianski starring. I don't know. I, I feel like he would, surely he would have had options to start somewhere, I think, if he wasn't going to start at West Ham. So I think they must have told him that he's going to be playing most of the games, I, I would think. Because Fabianski has been a good player for them, to be fair. As you say, getting, getting on a bit now. Yeah, he has been. He's been solid for them for a good while, to be fair. Hmm. I do. I just think it's actually interesting that David Moyes actually came out and said. I know this is completely off the topic, but David Moyes came out and said, "Yeah, we bid more than forty-five million in January for Calvin Phillips." I saw that. As if to say, like, as if to say, "Oh, I can't believe they didn't sell him to us." Like, there's a difference in January and the summer, David. But there you are. Um, and I can't, I couldn't understand why West Ham would want to part Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice. Yeah, that's a good point. Just feels like an unnecessary. Didn't they spend 
defender as well, uh, Aguero. Oh, I don't know how to say his name. Here we go. Basically, Aguero with a D and seven name. I don't know how you say that. A, a, no, I yeah, I know that. I know. I know what you mean. Aguard, maybe. We'll go with that because I, I don't know any better. I don't know who you mean, but it sounds like a deal. Yeah, he was like, money for him. Like Thirty million or so. <laughs> yeah, Rens, uh defender. Apparently, I've just read Rice has a gentleman's agreement to stay for one more year. Oh, fuck off. I feel like they've been saying that for like the last three years. Yeah, he's going next summer. They're not going to be able to keep him for another year. I, I, I genuinely believe if they hadn't had the Europa League run, he would probably be off this year. Yeah, he would have. Yeah, I just think... I, I th- and this is no slight to West Ham, but... And I understand, I understand that if you're a club of West Ham, you think to yourself that we need to keep our best players so we can continue to grow. But I would argue, I mean, there's obviously the Leicester point of the opposite of how you get up those levels. But what I would say is, if you're Declan Rice, I can completely see why you would say to you would say to them, look, I've given you some great years. I would like to go. 150 million is. I understand that's my value to you, but that is prohibiting me from getting a move and making the most of my career. I do think there's a, there's a push and pull there, isn't there? They're not getting 150 mil for him. They're just not. No. And and I think one of the things that one of the things I think that means players are likely to go to Leicester, for example, is they know that if a good offer comes in, they can go. And I, I do think that I do think when you're in the transfer market and you're one of these clubs that's not quite a top six club, but a bit further down, that's what gets you the people through the door um, I mean they don't seem to like yeah. Tielemans go do they it's, uh, it looks like he's going to end up going for free next year if he doesn't go this really? year really is that what they're yeah. doing that's interesting because uh, I think he was pretty keen to leave oh I'd let Tielemans go in a heartbeat well yeah well you know, I, I don't, don't really like him. No, I'm not I'm not a massive fan no, of no well the thing is with Tielemans isn't it uh, I'll say it again, it, it reminds me so much of Jorginho in that he's so limited athletically that you're always going to have to build your system around def- protecting him. And oddly enough, I think if he moves to Arsenal, he'll get less protection than he does at Leicester because he's not oh, I don't want him at all. I don't want It just feels to me like the wrong signing for Arsenal. Well, it seems to have quietened down a bit on that now. So, Dave, what do you know about Keane Lewis Potter? Who's, uh, he's a really like good West really well, he's gone to Brentford, hasn't he? Oh, has he? They West Ham missed out on him. Yeah. Oh, in which case, yeah, let's do Brentford then. Sorry. Yeah, let's talk about Brentford because you you put in our chat that um, they'd made a massive signing, David, and you put a name when I was like, I was like, I'm going to probably have to Google that, which shows how bad my football knowledge is. But talk us through this massive signing. So, well, Keenless Potter's is good, but the one I really want to talk about is Aaron Hickey. Basically, um, he's like 20 year old left back. Uh, Played for Hearts, went to Serie A, I think it was, uh, let me check, yeah, it was Bologna. Was doing pretty well there. Had a, a really, really strong season last year. Um, obviously, I didn't watch Bologna, but people were interested. I think Juve looked at him. Arsenal at one point were, were definitely interested. Um, I mean, he's 20 years old. He's, yeah, I think... I do feel it's a bit harsh on Rico Henry. I mean, Rico Henry was perfectly fine last season, but Hickey had been linked with some pretty big clubs. Uh, so I was a bit surprised to see him go to Brentford, to be perfectly honest. So, I mean, it's always a good good base, I think, if there's bigger teams looking at someone. Uh, 
chances are that he is going to be a, a really good player. I mean, it's potentially a big fee for Brentford, but I've, I trust our scouts enough that they think, you know, even if he's only with us for a couple of years, he's going to leave for a much bigger fee. So, yeah. You trust Brentford, and like we were saying with Leicester, they'll sell you on. If, well, and I feel with Hickey, to be honest, if he's good for two or three seasons, depending how long Brentford managed to stay in the Prem, you know, if Tierney doesn't get fit, maybe he goes from Brentford to Arsenal and beats their left back. Yeah, and they can make a few bob off that. You can be sure of that. Yeah, which is a shame because Tierney's a great player, just injury prone. Look, you know what they say, you've got to be on the pitch to play. Um, right. <laughs> I have uh, heard that. Keen Lewis Potter, Dave. Um, yeah. I've seen the cut, I was reading about him earlier and. A lot of the people who were watching the championship were saying he's quite raw. Yes. Would you agree? Uh, you, you, so you're surprised by 16 million for him? Yeah, I mean, I, I think. Going to go out on a whim here. If, if, Jared Bowen, if Jared Bowen hadn't come out of Hull in the last couple of years, there's no way Lewis Potter would even be double figures in millions. It's just because the way he plays is quite similar to Bowen. Um, the way he sort of cuts inside, he's not afraid to take people on. He scored a decent amount of goals last year. But my biggest concern really is that, you know, he's played three, well, two and a half seasons really of first team football. The first was a championship season. They got relegated and he scored two goals in 21 games. Then he scored 13 and 43 in League One when he was like 19-20, which is OK. It's not amazing and then he scored 12 and 46 to play every game last season in the championship so I mean there's definitely potential that he will be good but I do sort of believe that because Bowen from Hull has been so good maybe people are giving this guy the same billing thinking I mean you're not expecting him to be the same as Jared Bowen because Jared Bowen is absolutely brilliant to be fair but so in terms of style, and you excuse me for not watching him play, I would I'd say as good as Jared Bowen is in terms of his profile of cutting inside, the best thing about Jared Bowen is the runs he makes off the ball. I think yeah. he's absolutely equal to them. Has this guy got that same kind of profile, or is it solely yeah. the the way he looks when he's he's actually playing on the ball? With no, the ball he, he is really like quite clever off the ball. I mean, there's def- the thing is, there's definitely sort of glimpses of Jared Bowen with like in him, but okay. it's. It's, you know, Jared Bowen, to be honest, has exceeded absolutely anyone's expectations. Absolutely. So I would not expect Keen Lewis Potter to, to hit the same heights, but he is only 21. So, you know, and again, I just trust Brentford. I mean, at this point, I'm pretty convinced. Even the, even the players they sign that end up being squad players, they even they end up being useful. I don't know Brentford really signing any players, even when they're in the championship, they're a total waste of space for them. So I trust them. Um, they're not going to spend big on anyone who they don't think they're going to be able to sell on for more in a few. No, years. No, that that that's true. But uh, well, I mean, I'm backing look, this guy to be a bit of a star. Good play. Go. Well, that's the end it of his career. It's going to be useless. We're going to be sat here. I'm like two, two to three years time. Thomas Frank's going to be in sack. Eddie Howe's there. Howe's there, and he's played this bloke in central midfield, and Mike's going, "No, oh, he's a good player." Um. It'd be the Bakayoko Award winner. Seriously, thinking about Brentford's season, like, I mean, I know we've got that prediction pod to come, but 
how are you feeling about them? Are you feeling bullish on them? I'm always bullish on Brentford. Mm. I was the only one last year. I'm, I'm staying bullish. Look at him. Look at him blowing his own trumpet. He had Palace 19th. I think I had him bottom, actually. Good Yeah, that, Palace was a tough one, but Brentford I was right about. I tell you, was a tough one to predict last year. I'll I tell you who didn't have Palace bottom, awesome, though. David Harris. <laughs> I wasn't here, That's so good. I didn't have him. He was high on Vieira. Oh yeah, Dave, this will be your first one to twenty, Ross. Dave had him like four. <laughs> no, I did not. We'll see if I can do he it better than you. Bottom, didn't he? Oh, yeah, I, I can't bat that. Famously, we're actually not terrible at the one to twenties, aside from like three or four every year. There's always a couple of bad ones, and the rest are in the ballpark. Aren't <laughs> do you know the worst thing is with the one to twenties? I listened to them back, and I'm like, you know what? At the time, that it was, made sense. That it made sense. That it was a completely defensive pick. We're not talking like playing Matt Doherty at left back for an entire season, kind of indefensible pick. But they were all fair picks. And then you get like midway through the season and like there's just been a Sheffield United had like a catastrophic once in a lifetime run. And you're sort of like, fuck. Can I just say that I've, I'm watching Keen Lewis Potter all goals and assists at Hull on YouTube. Which is, yeah. which is why, partly why I'm backing him, but also I've heard good things for a couple of years on other podcasts I've listened to about the lower yeah. league. And, and they've just, one of his assists <laughs> that they've given him was when he went over for a penalty. And so he didn't take the penalty. He got fouled for the penalty. I actually think that should count as an assist. I know that's... Oh. I, I back just, it as well. It does work. count on Fantasy yeah. Prem, but... I, I think it should count if the penalties convert, obviously. But, um, yeah. don't know. I mean, we don't want that. We don't need that in the video. That's what I'm saying here. <laughs> yeah. If you, if, if you want to laugh, go and watch Phil Phone. The City put out a competition of Phil Phone's Premier League goals for the season. Yeah. Honestly, so, it's like a fail compilation. Like the, some of the things these defenders are doing, I, I'm just watching it going. It, I feel like if you put the Benny Hill theme music over the top of it, <laughs> it would work. It's, it's crazy. Oh, um, they've given him one of the. The assists, you know, where you like square it to someone, they score a worldie. <laughs> oh, the, what, who who did that for Bale against West Ham? Who was the player? Because uh, <laughs> it's one of the funniest things. Asuakoso or someone. Yeah, he just passes it like uh, I want to say Tom Carroll. He passes it, passes it like. Oh, uh, yeah, I think it was Carroll. Yeah. Belts it top bins. It's really good. Um, and then they get the assist. It's amazing. Yeah, just great. amazing. Mind you, Gabby Gabby Bunglehore at one point said something about. Assists. Oh, of course like he did. Two yards or something. Oh. Um, we'd be remiss if we didn't quickly uh, touch on Jack Wilshire, obviously yeah. and his yeah. retirement. Um, uh, one of one of English football's greatest missed opportunities, I would say. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I'd say it's just quite sad, really. Yeah. Like, yeah, particularly he's decided to go into broadcasting. That's tough. He's uh, he's gonna he's coached the Arsenal under 18s. Yeah, I saw good. that. He's good. He's yeah. good. Cause he did some coaching last year when he didn't have a club, so he was with at the training ground working with the youngsters last year. No, I hope we'd get, get some. Out the booth. That's all I say. Yeah. Get him out the booth because he's making Darren Bent look intelligent. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that that's, is, that's tough. That is tough. Um, I will say like. Wilshire versus Barcelona is still one of the best like performances by a young 
I know people kind of talk about it like it's this mythical performance and you sort of like if you didn't see it you're like oh it can't have been that good no it was that good it was crazy it was that good yeah <laughs> he's run, he's running rings around private Iesta bus gets a javi like it was At that 19. good yeah. it was crazy what he was doing um yeah so it's, it's a shame that it never worked out for him um, scored one of my favorite ever Premier League goals the one against Norwich mm-hmm. yeah yeah, one of the best bits of pass, pass and move ever. Great goal, great goal. And then he scored one the following season, like a volley against West Brom that won goal of the year over the yeah. Andre Schürrle one versus Burnley, and I will forever be bitter about it. <laughs> it was a great hit from Jack, to be fair. It, yeah, it's not that. Though. It wasn't goal of the season though, but he scored a couple of crackers for England too. I remember him. I remember a really good performance against Brazil for him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I always feel like if you have a great performance against Brazil, it hits harder. <laughs> I don't know why, it just does something about it. Um, I mean, it wasn't a vintage Brazil. They had that Fred up front. Oh, you go back and look at that game, or I think I think it's the game. I think it's they brought Ronaldinho, basically, out of international retirement. They played Ronaldinho, Neymar, Oscar and Fred up front. I've never seen Oscar run so much, honestly. Ronald D, yeah, must have been old then. Yeah, oh yeah, he was he was out there with a walking stick, but let me tell you, he still hit the uh, the Soho strip later that night. <laughs> Good lord. Um, I think we're uh, we're winding down here. So, um, if anyone, no one else has got any pressing transfer news they want to report, we're going to go to our final topic of the week, which is Wazak of the week. Unless Dave, have you got a stat you want to tell us? No, there's there's no stats for no football. No, I didn't think there would be. But we're actually coming back to you for Wazak of the Week, Dave, because Wazak of the Week is not you, but it is Blues' new owner. Oh, I hope we haven't. I hope he hasn't actually taken it over. <laughs> Do you want to explain to people what happened with Simon Jordan on Talksport? I can't believe what I heard. Yeah, so well, basically, Lawrence Bassini, he's an absolute Wazak. I mean. He took over Watford. He nearly bankrupted them in one season. Um, he also nearly made Bolton go out of business because basically he made the first bid that he claimed got accepted. The second consortium was the preferred bid. He tried to take the the other bidder to court, which nearly led to them missing a deadline and Bolton would have been wound up just for his own pride, basically. He tried to get involved with Charlton when they had that Belgian guy like Oh, what's his name? Dusha Lorette or something like that. And he was dodgy. And even he didn't want Bassini uh, involved. And now he's apparently fronting a consortium. He already had one car crash TalkSport interview where he was basically saying, you know, I'm with David Sullivan. David Sullivan's given him money. So basically he's just a front for David Sullivan because obviously in the rules, you can't be active in two English teams at the same time. So he's basically just been a front man for for David Sullivan, who obviously used to own us, um, saying that he only wanted to stay for three years. I'm like, okay, mate, that's really good for the long term stability of the club if you're wanting to dip after three years. So that was bad enough. But the the latest interview, he said to Simon Jordan that he'd apparently killed someone in his ownership. He called him a failed owner, which. I mean, yes, it didn't end well for Simon Jordan, but he did keep Palace afloat and he was in charge of them for like 10 plus years. I mean, yeah, if it goes wrong, it goes wrong. It's never pretty. But I mean, someone that saw out 10 years isn't in my eyes a failed. 
football owner when so many football owners don't make 10 years. So that was a bit crazy, especially coming from Bassini himself. It just basically was boasting about how much money he had, where all his money was coming from, crazy things. And then he sent... Um, what an icon. He sent someone a text. Uh, was it Jim White? And he sent a text basically saying that he wanted to have a boxing match for a million pounds with Simon Jordan. It was a foul-mouthed essay calling him the C word saying Tyson Fury was going to train him and what Bassini also said is he's going to win the league with us and he's changed his mind he'll stay as long as he wants to and it's like mate if EFL get this guy through as a fit and proper owner I'm convinced it's just having a having a pulse at this point that can't how, be real, some of that. How much sniff do you think he took before that? Oh, interview? mate. He he posted a video as well that Because that's what I've heard found about him. The only thing was, I know about him is some people saying, this yeah. guy's addicted to cocaine. Yeah, but well, it, it sounds video, about right. And he put that out there. So, you know, what a, what a guy. Well, it doesn't sound like Blues are in a particularly great position. Um, no, but uh, seriously... I mean, he's saying like he'll sort all these things out with the club. I'm like, I do not. Somehow, I trust this guy less than the current owners, and I didn't think it was possible to isn't trust. The current, isn't the current owner just technically some this this like woman in some Thailand Asian who's never heard woman. of it? Yeah, there's there's loads of people that no one has any clue who they actually are. Uh, apparently, the, like the how people. How can the EFL not know? So so how can the EFL not know? <laughs> wow. That's Supposedly the people that are named on the board, they're all actually a front for the proper owners, so no one knows them. There's a guy, the Athletic, obviously, please uh, sponsor us. Uh, they did a remember promo code a couple Ross of years ago. There was a guy called Mr King. No one knows who Mr King is. Apparently, he's the owner. Um, yeah, <laughs> and why do I feel like I'm in a goose? <laughs> No, this is a crazy thing. Someone tried to make a bid for Blues in January, but they couldn't submit the bid because they couldn't name the owner of the club. There's something in the EFL where you have to submit the bid like and name the owners that you're submitting the bid to. And whoever it was couldn't find out from the club who owned us, so they never submitted their bid, allegedly. Um, also, Maxi Lopez, the old Barca player, he is fronting another consortium that's trying to take us over. What is going on? Yeah, it's today? crazy. He went to he went to like the last game of the season or the last couple of games of the season with a, a businessman I think called like Paul Richardson or something. Yeah, Maxi Lopez, the ex Barca striker, is also I don't know what the heck's going on, but it's gonna be horrible. Just know that it's not gonna go well. And we still won't have half a stadium. We'll have terrible players and not many players to pick from and we're gonna be in legal on next season. The managerial about, change too, a bit odd. Yeah, well, I'm hoping that at least whoever the new owner is is basically over the line and that's who they wanted. Because otherwise, are they going to just sack a guy, lose the club more money to hire someone else? It's Blues, so that that is probably possible. Honestly, every time I ask Dave about Blues, I get more and more depressed. Mate, like, try being a Blues fan, it's... No one has a clue what's going on at all. We've got Craig Garner as technical director. He's supposed to be helping with 
Things like the ground repair. Craig Gardner. Craig Gardner. Craig Gardner. That's not what director does, is it? Craig, Craig Gardner it is in the blues, is technical, he, technical director he thinks he's in DT hard yeah I <laughs> he thought the director was like player and stuff based but apparently Craig Gardner has a lot of say in like overall stuff with the ground like what who's put this man in charge to be, to be fair to Craig Gardner he did, <laughs> he, did, he did grow up a blues fan and he was in the ground every, every weekend. <laughs> like he was in the ground every weekend for the Villa and West Brom and Wolves <laughs> and everywhere else he's played in the Midlands. Honestly. I know. Yeah, I, honestly. I saw him on the moors. He was blessing Damson Parkway. Sat there, with his, sat there with his bacon bap going, I've been here since I was a, a sperm. <laughs> <laughs> we saw him in five guys, me and you, didn't we, Will? We did. We did. I actually, what's his brother's name? Gary, isn't it? I saw Gary, Gary Gardner yeah. as well getting a uh, getting chicken out of this disgusting old chicken shop that used to be in Solihull. That I think you were there, Dave, and we were absolutely steaming. Yes. Otherwise, we'd have said hello. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, on that bombshell, let's move on. Um, Mike, if the people want to keep up with you to find out more about the next person you're tipping to be the new Firmino, where can they do that? Yeah, it's uh, at Mikey Breslin on Twitter for all Keen Lewis Potter updates. And before we go, your call sign? Uh, I couldn't find it. Oh, shocking. Absolutely shocking. Although, I, I do play Call of Duty with Goose, so I'm more than happy to take over the match. Cool. As Goosey. wingman. The Goosey Gander. Um, Dave, if the people want to follow you to find out more about um, Blues and to perhaps suggest uh, you link up with the Samaritans in case, uh, <laughs> can they do that? <laughs> Um, it's at Dave Harris and the score 44. But keep an eye on Talksport for Lawrence Bassini to spout more nonsense. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> your call sign was the cloud. The cloud? That oh, is yeah. horrific. <laughs> Ross, Ross was actually the mailman. I don't know if that was fixed. <laughs> no, that wasn't my given one. Yeah, no, we that, just yeah, yeah. This is me that one. That was battle stuff. Oh, I didn't realize <laughs> he made them. I thought <laughs> they were ones that Will made when we were all. No, 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 no. No, but generated them. A different, a different friend a made them. A different friend made them. But anyway, uh, Ross, if the people want to find you, follow you to find out what your call sign is. Where can they do that? Ross underscore bird 14 good good stuff and in case you don't remember we're trying to get ross bird to cafe rouge for a meal so remember everyone tweet at cafe rouge with the hashtag hashtag ross for rouge which also does not work as a promo code on the athletic um if you want to follow me you can do so at will hunt 17 but please don't please instead follow us at in and around pod on all the socials including instagram there we are. Nice normal one for you. That one does actually exist. Does actually exist. Um, in the meantime, if you have any questions for us, such as why do we let Dave talk for so long at the end of every podcast, you can email <laughs> us at pod at gmail.com where we will answer all your questions. But until next time, Mike. Sayonara.